I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. James Cameron's Avatar takes place on a planet called Pandora, where American corporations and their military mercenaries have set up bases to mine a surpassingly precious mineral called unobtainium. The vein of awe mined by the movie is nothing short of unbelievium. This is a new way of coming to your senses. Put those 3D glasses on your face and you come to a sense of delight that quickly gives way to a sense of astonishment. The planetary high doesn't last. The closer the story comes to a parable of colonialist digression in the jungles of an extragalactic Vietnam, the more the enchantment fizzles. Most of the time, though, you are transfixed by the beauty of a spectacle that seems all of peace. Special effects have been abolished, in effect, since the whole thing is so special. In Hindu myth, an avatar is a deity descended to earth in human form. In the movie, it's a manufactured body that's remotely controlled by the brain waves of a human being who functions as the body's driver. If this sounds technobabbly in the description, it's dazzling in the execution. The main driver, the main animating spirit, really, is an ex-Marine, Jake Sully, he's played by Sam Worthington, whose combat injuries have left him confined to a wheelchair. He's part of a scientific program that's begun to explore Pandora, whose atmosphere is toxic to earthlings, using avatars constructed along the lines of the planet's dominant species, the Navi. They're very tall, very blue, Giacometti slender, and Superman agile. One of the movie's best passages is when Jake inhabits his avatar for the first time and discovers that his new legs can take his lithe new body through some of the most sublime scenery on not Earth. The flora suggest a great barrier reef without the water. The fauna are prodigiously varied. Flamboyant dragons, six-legged steeds, elephantine chargers with heads like battering rams. But these creatures have convincing lives of their own, unlike the cheerfully bizarre creations that filled that cantina in Star Wars. Then there's the female warrior Neytiri. She's the most beautiful of the Navis, at least the one with the most obvious star quality, and Jake falls for her in a big but complicated way. Big because Neytiri, as played by Zoe Saldana, is so alluring. Cerulean-skinned, lemon-eyed, wasp-waisted, long-tailed, anvil-nosed, and wiggly-eared. Trust me, it's all very sexy. But complicated because Jake is secretly working both sides of the jungle. He's in love with Natiri and soon embraces her people's values, a la dances with wolves. At the same time, though, Jake is spying for an evil military commander because the Navi's sacred land happens to be the only place where unobtainium can be obtained. The fantasy quotient of Avatar takes a major hit when the Navi take a hit from the American military. Cameron has devoted a significant chunk of his movie to a dark, didactic, and altogether horrific evocation of Vietnam, complete with napalm, Agent Orange, and helicopter gunships. This anti-war section provokes an adrenaline rush. What that says of our species is another story. And it feels a lot better when it's over. Still, Cameron's singular vision has upped the ante for filmed entertainment and given us a travelogue unlike any other. I wouldn't want to live on Pandora, mainly because of the bad air, but I'm thrilled to have paid it a visit.
I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be off for a couple of weeks, then back on KCRW in the new year.